Welcome to another edition of It's Raining Mets. I'm CBS 21 meteorologist Steve Knight. And I'm meteorologist Ed Russo. How are you doing, Steve? Doing well. So let's talk a minute about uh, kind of like the week that was. Yeah. Because it was another fairly uneventful winter week. Yeah, and it's about to become an uneventful weekend. And it's about to become an Warm uneventful too. weekend, which, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm sure you've had similar reactions on social media as we've gone through these winter months. Some people think, Stacey Hanran, yeah. some people think this is like the greatest winter ever, and others are just so disappointed. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends that um, are teachers, mm-hmm. or they work for school district, and they're really bummed out. <laughs> There has not been a snow day, not one, this entire winter. But then theoretically, they won't have to, you know, keep going as True. long into June, right? True. I think you know the deal is a, there's a bunch of pad in the schedule, so they'd like you know a day off here and there, mm-hmm. even if it means maybe shaving a day off the spring holiday, the Easter break, or shaving a day off of after president, something right. along those lines. You know what I mean? Um, See, they like the days off, just like. You know, yeah. kids, right? Right. It's, I don't know a single kid growing up that was like, oh, man, I really hope we don't have a snow day tomorrow. I really hope we go to school. Yeah. <laughs> and your your mom and dad would always say, well, you know, that this mean, you might have to go an extra day. And I always thought to myself, yeah, but those last few days of school, yeah. you don't do anything anyway. I know. And, and a lot of times they're a half a day, mm-hmm. right? So I would always be like, yeah, I'll take that half a day in June where we're going to watch a movie. Sure. As opposed to being able to get out of bed and not have to uh, trudge off, you know, to school here in the middle of February or January. So I do remember, I think one year I actually had a quiz on the last day of school. Really? Yeah. What were you in detention? No. No. I mean, I had been in detention before. (laughs) You were one of those kids, right? (laughs) Let's not talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When I was growing up, I mean, the last couple of days of school, like literally, like we'd go down to the cafeteria and and we'd watch a movie. Yeah. That was most of the time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it just nothing really got done. Or one of those days was like field day. Yeah. Where you'd go outside and, you know, Run the fifty yard dash and you know throw the throw the shot put or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, I remember we had we had like water balloon fights. Yeah, a couple tough stuff times like that. Back, yeah. back in the nineties, it was it was fun. Okay, so it's been quiet. Uh, it was a mild week. It was cold last weekend, cold for Valentine's, mm-hmm. and then just like we've done all winter long, boom, it got mild again. And uh, but we did get a quick little push of some cold air here the last yeah. couple of days. Yeah, we did, and. It, the little shots of colder air seem to be a little bit more frequent yes. in, in recent weeks. So, you know, I wouldn't say winter is, is off the table, but uh, March is always a a wild month. Sure is. A wild ride, and it looks like it's going to be that way as we head into the into the month. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Stacy and I had talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, that as mild as our winter has been, I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to get a big snow in March or right. anything like that, but... I do feel like our March is going to be, and our spring in general, especially in terms of temperature, is going to be a little slow to get started. Like yeah. everybody's going to be like, okay, we had this mild winter, so it's March, 65 degrees, it's and gonna, that's not going to happen. It's going to take uh, forever to get to that consistent short and short sleeve weather. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Mm-hmm. March right yeah. now is trending like a lot of days actually below average. I think people forget that by the time we get to like mid to late March, 
I want to say it's, well, probably right around the start of spring. Our average high temperature is all the way up near 50 degrees. Yeah, it's already at, what, 42 now? Yeah, right. right. And it, it starts to go up quickly, yeah. March into April. Mm-hmm. I just foresee us having a lot of days below average in March, you know, 44, 45, right. where it's kind of a bummer. I'm not saying it's going to be snowy and 20 degrees and winter's going to hang on, but I think our spring is going to get off to a real slow start. Yeah, that's uh, I kind of feel the same way. And, you know, whatever snow falls in March usually uh, doesn't stick around long because the sun gets higher in the sure. sky. So sure. that, that helps melt it away. I mean, I remember a couple of times we would get six inches of snow through the early, yeah. I think it was uh, mid-March, a few, you know, like 10 or 15 years ago, six inches. And when the sun was... F- Fully up and shining at 10, 11 a.m., it was gone. Yeah, it was just, yeah. yeah. To your point, it's that, that sun angle in yeah. March. It just gets stronger and stronger, obviously, until uh, we lead up to the first day of summer. Right. When the sun's at, it's actually at its peak around right. here. So, so if you're looking for that, you know, two-week, three-week period of just this winter wonderland landscape, I just, I don't see it this year. I don't either. Um, it doesn't mean it's, like you said, I, I like what you said, it doesn't mean it's off the table right. at this point. But everything I've been looking at long range, we're just having a tough time matching up the mm-hmm. cold air, getting all the ingredients, like you like to say so eloquently, you know, it's like having all the ingredients in a cake. Mm-hmm. And if one is missing... Your cake which, falls flat. Which they often are. Yeah, which they often but are. But some winners, you know, we've we've had, you know, five or six successfully baked cakes. Yeah, right. Uh, it just, you, this you is never just, know. This has not been one of them. Yeah, what I can say as we sit here now, uh, we talk about this all the time, is that long-range temperature models are usually in the ballpark. Long-range precipitation models usually aren't. Um, having said that, you know, I, if I were a betting man, uh, I would bet pretty hard against anything more than two to three inches of snow here in the next two weeks. Yeah. You know, I, it just doesn't look like that's going to materialize at all. Right. Maybe, maybe as we get into, you know, more the second week. Yeah. Fifth, sixth, something like that, yeah. a little bit further down the road, then we'll have to see what uh, mother nature brings us. So that's kind of what we think you're moving forward. Uh, it definitely, we're talking about rain again next week with some fairly mild temperatures. Fifties mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah. Several, <laughs> yeah, several chances for rain next week. Um, but it's going to be kind of spread out. It's going to be kind of cloudy, gloomy. But uh, the latest I was looking at this morning, at is that you know between Monday and Thursday night, several chances for rain, but all of it only adding up to about an inch of yeah. precipitation. So an inch of precipitation stretched out, stretched out over four days, not that big. Yeah, just deal. kind of like, kind of like Seattle. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just a little like yeah, right. Gloomy, uh, that type of thing for next week, but uh, still mild once again. So uh, wanted to get into the topic. Uh, that you brought up this week with a special report on CBS 21 that, you know, I thought was fascinating. And it's funny, I got a lot of feedback from viewers that really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think I had a chance to tell you this, but I actually got a text from our friend RJ Harris uh, earlier in this week. Yeah. And he had caught wind of the, your report, how it was going to air. And they actually had me on to do like a special mm-hmm. uh, five-minute segment on 580 WHP, our friends, on uh, R.J. Harris's morning show, uh, the day that your special aired, which okay. was Wednesday, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was on it. Or like, Tuesday, I think. Tuesday, I think, yep, okay. Tuesday. Yeah, so I came on for uh, for like a five-minute segment. Uh, where they, you know, asked me some questions about it was a good opportunity for me to say, and hey, folks, you know, if you want to learn more, don't forget to tune in tonight right. for Ed's uh, special report. So it caught their interest as well before it had even aired. So um, walk us through what the story was about. Well, so you know, it's a it's it's very technical. I you know going into this, I was like, well, 
I, I got to be very straightforward about this because there's a lot of jargon in there that, yeah. you know, when I was looking through it, I was having trouble understanding it. Um, I mean, I got the gist, uh, but the premise is that, you know, your phones, you've probably noticed, you know, especially in bigger cities mm-hmm. that they've that little uh, at the top right corner of your phone screen, it'll say 3G, 4G. Well, mm. if you've been in the city that's been rolling out 5G, yeah. your phone, and if it's 5G capable, will read 5G. And 5G is basically the next generation of wireless technology. Yes, the fifth generation. The fifth generation, right. yeah, that's going to make everything faster. It's going to make receiving information to your phone, to your digital d- devices faster. It's going to make augmented reality and virtual reality more of a um, <clears throat> logistically and it's going to make it logistically easier to take advantage of those things and that technology right. and try to make it available to everyone. The other thing is, the big one is you can use more data at a cheaper cost. So fifth generation 5G wireless technology is going to give us the ability to essentially have a much larger data plan at a lower cost. Sure. So, you know, right now our infrastructure is such that we have these cell towers where your phone will ping off the, the cell tower. With When 5G really gets implemented, we're going to have these little mini antennas everywhere right. that's going to be, you know, pinging off your phone. You're going to be able to get this, this information rather than just one main tower. You'll have all these, like, little mini antennas, you know, mm-hmm. situated all around. So the infrastructure is going to be set up such that it's going to be easier to receive information faster and it's going to also, theoretically, uh, you're going to be able to receive it at a, at a much cheaper cost. Which, of course, I'm sure all of the you know uh, digital providers are going to pass those savings on to their customers. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, Absolutely, sure. right? And, and here's, Business. Yeah, and here's the other thing. This is just me talking here, if I can jump in. Okay, they talk about you know your phone getting faster, okay? Yeah, right. And, and, wow, that's really cool. You know, my phone's going to... How much faster... Can it really get? So we're going to have a little experiment here because I'm, okay. I'm, they came off a big win last night. I'm, I'm proudly wearing my Flyers shirt today. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Ed. You're a very polite Phillies fan, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I'm one of the few. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, I'm one of the few. Uh, you're right. <laughs> if I don't like your forecast, I won't throw batteries at you. Right. Or, or, or uh, turn over my car. Or turn over your car, exactly. <laughs> um, so ask me, and I do have a sports app on my phone, but okay. I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to start from scratch. Just pretend and ask me, hey, Steve, how did the Flyers do last night? Hey, Steve, how did the Flyers do last night? Well, you know what? I'm not really sure. Let me check. Okay, click. Uh, app is opening. App is opening. Ed, they won four to three. In seven seconds. In seven seconds. Or something along those lines. So when they talk about, oh, your phone's going to get even faster. Okay, like, it's not exactly slow. Well, right Steve, now. what if I were to tell you that you were going to get that information in six seconds? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and, it, and you know what's going to happen is is that our you know our wireless providers are going to tell us, they're going to sell us this boondoggle mm-hmm. of 5G speed. Sure. And, oh, by the way, your bill's going to mysteriously go up 10, 15 bucks. Right. Because, you know, we've upgraded to 5G and, you know, because we care about our customers and we, but they're not going to pass that. Anyway, that's a whole nother rant for a whole nother time. We're going to have to, I'm going to check mark that into next week's podcast. (laughs) But uh, let's get back to the the weather implications of 5G. Well, so, you know, and and that's a good question because I had the same question too. You know, how how could we possibly get faster? Well, there's still a lot of holes out there when you're driving around Mm -hmm. and you're out in a remote location. Your phone is slower. 
Uh, and, and, and 5G is going to be implemented in urban areas first, and then it's going to okay. gradually roll out to, you know, places. Us here for, in the for, sticks. For, right. Yeah, Good old Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, out here in the sticks right. in southern PA. So eventually, eventually it's going to be faster in areas where it's also now a little bit on the slower side. You'll notice as you get into a rural location, your, your phone will switch back to even 3G. Hmm. Um, but uh, to your point, so, you know, we're talking about this and – you're like, well, what's the issue? Well, the problem is, in order for us to really fully in- implement fifth-generation wireless technology, um, the wireless companies need to use a specific portion of the radio wave spectrum, hmm. which uh, the FCC auctions off specific parts of the radio wave spectrum so that uh, you know telecom companies can use one part of it so okay. we can gather information through our digital devices. There's hmm. another part that is basically being used by weather satellites, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, to get real technical here, the specific frequency is around 23.8 gigahertz. That's what, that's the frequency weather satellites use, specifically water vapor. Weather satellites detect and gather information about water vapor at a frequency of 23.8 gigahertz. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the specific frequency of the water molecules as they're vibrating in the atmosphere. And that's how the uh, these satellites can can d- measure water vapor. Uh, to implement five G, you know, FCC is auctioning off the twenty four gigahertz band, which mm. is very close to twenty three point eight. So the idea is that there's going to be all of this interference, yeah. and the satellite's going to get a bad read of the atmosphere. And water vapor is a is a is a major variable, big and, time, and, and major player in in how our weather works and, and our weather pattern you know it's yes. you know we'll, we'll go to the water vapor satellite just to look at the overall weather pattern where the moisture is where the air's dry uh you can get a real good look at um where the storms are that you can see the circulation in the atmosphere with with water vapor so satellites give us all that imagery and then weather models use that data to figure out what's going to happen in the future right so it's in other words it's um almost like a uh, it's an initial blueprint for weather models Correct. that is flawed. And so therefore, you know, the initial take of the weather model is going to affect that weather model down the road. Right. Yeah. So basically when a model is trying to gather data, theoretically it has to be as the initial conditions it receives like current temperature, not just at the surface, but all the way up through the atmosphere. Sure. The amount of moisture, the the wind direction, the wind speed, all of that has to be as accurate as possible for it to get a depiction of what's going to happen three or four or five days down the road. Right. So if if the satellite's getting garbage, sure. it's going to spit. The model's going to spit garbage out, garbage in, garbage out. It's yeah. the same kind of. Well, you can imagine. I mean, how how could a weather model that's trying to predict things that are going to happen, you know, three, five, seven, ten days down the road, be accurate if it can't even correctly identify? the current conditions at the time the model right. run begins. It, right. It's right. a it's a it's a concern. And yeah. have you ever played that game where you whisper you're you're in a big group, like a, you're you're sitting in a circle, you whisper something into someone's ear. Yeah, right. And then and then it so goes down like the line. Phone booth or phone something. Yeah, yeah right. And we then when the school. last person spouts off what the first person said, and this is a difference of twenty people. Right. It's different. It's totally different. There might be one little thing extracted from it, but Exactly. Yeah, I remember doing that was like in school, it'd be like, uh, the pink elephant rode a bike 
to market. Right. And by the time it got to the end, it would, somebody might have elephant, but that was about it. Right. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to a baseball game tomorrow. Yeah. That, 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 that's what it turns into. Yeah. So, you know, it, there is more error. Uh, there is more uh, model error, so to speak, the further mm-hmm. you, you go out into time. Because the atmosphere is very fluid, sure. so you have to have you know what's going on now correct in yeah. order to really focus on what's going to. So, go what's on. the solution here? Well, see, that's that's the problem, and the weather community, you know, and the FCC and the and the wireless industry are all trying to figure out what's the best course of action here. Now, the FCC. Oh wait a minute! So the government's involved. Yeah. What so could the, possibly go so wrong, they, Ed? Well. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of figuring out to do. Yeah, and um, it's it's a it's a process that has a lot of red tape, but it's a it's a concern for the weather community. It's a it's a justified one, and and even the the director of NOAA has come out and said mm-hmm. that um, you know the worst case scenario. Now for our listeners who don't know, NOAA is NOAA is the national oceanic atmospheric administration. It's kind of the umbrella of, you know, the national weather services in there. Um, You know, Neil Jacobs came out and said that, you know, the worst case scenario with the amount of interference, this could set us back 30 years in terms of forecasting. So go all the way back to to 1980, you know, in the 1960s, to, just to give you a an idea on how far we've come with with technology and and our ability to warn people, in the 1960s, 1970s, warning lead time for a tornado was two to three minutes. Yeah. Now it's 13 to 15 minutes. Right. Meaning warning lead time, the amount of time you have to get to your safe place after we warn you. Mm-hmm. So it's 400. The speed at which we can warn people yeah. with a tornado is 400 percent, and we've made those strides over right. 30 to 40 years. Right. So you're sending us back 30 years because of all of this technology causing, you know, weather satellite interference. So, so what's the, what's what's the FCC's response? Well, the to FCC all this? is claiming that they are going to put specific protections on those on on those on that part of the spectrum to right. prevent interference. Uh, now, this is where it gets really technical. The weather community is basically saying. It's not enough, and I'm I'm actually kind of looking into that, trying to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. But there's basically the gist is they're trying to the FCC is claiming they're trying to uh, put a protection on it that cancels out some of the excess noise. Okay. So I, I guess the simple way to put it is, uh, Steve, we're going to do a little experiment right okay. now. Okay. So so make some obnoxious noise. So what I'm trying to say here is. When, see, I can't get my words straight because right, you're making right. noise. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so you see how hard it is? Yeah. The, that's exactly what a satellite is dealing with. And the idea is to bring that noise down a few notches so the, so the uh, satellite can get a better read on, on yeah. what's going on. The other thing is where 5G is going to be the most dense is going to be over urban areas. So another idea is to have these the wireless industry actually knock everyone back down to 4G as the sat- satellites passing over. Hmm. Interesting. So, and that's what 6 7 8 seconds I've heard it would be a 6 7 8 second period where you're get knocked back down to to hmm. to 4G. But but my question is it's that's not just one satellite you have several satellites going yeah. uh, throughout the day that are passing. So you know is it 20 times a day where you get knocked back down to 4G? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to 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 talk about. Yeah. What I find interesting about all of this is that you on one hand you have NOAA or National Weather Service, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. 
a government entity yeah um standing up and saying hey you know this this is this is a problem it has the potential to be a big problem it could set our modeling back into the stone ages into 1980 right okay meanwhile you have another government entity the fcc saying ah, don't worry about it we right. got this well, we'll figure it out and the, and you know i i'm not sure if it's I mean, I guess to me, it seems it, it's more of a. I feel like it should be more of a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the FCC. Is this really? We aren't going to really be five G dense for another few years. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to walk out the door tomorrow and all of a sudden you're going to go to uh, you're going to get your forecast and it's going to be less accurate. This is right. not something that's going to happen tomorrow. This is going to possibly become an issue in 2023, mm-hmm. 2024. 25, 26, 27, and there are, there are even further protections that the FCC mm-hmm. is going to put on weather satellites the, that those specific frequencies in, at 2027. Yeah. But if you're putting them on a few years from now, then that's playing catch up to a problem that's already in place. So, well, this is just me talking here, and you know, this is just my opinion. But this podcast is an opportunity for us to express our opinions. Yeah. Um, I don't trust the FCC as far as I can throw it because yeah. having been in this business where the FCC obviously rules the airwaves and as long as I've been in it, I have watched the FCC, not always, but more often than not, make decisions that are not in the best interest, in my opinion. Things like deregulation mm-hmm. of the radio and television industry, okay? You know, leading to these corporate monopolies that control all of the signals, sure. okay? Um, they've done it under the pressure of what else but money. And I just, I personally do not trust the FCC to go, Hey, you know what? No problem. We've got this because in my brain, the FCC is being lobbied hard by Verizon Sprint, AT&T. We've got to get 5g. We've got to get it rolled out. It means more money for us. Right. And you're thinking about the demand and the potential for, for where 5G can take us. I'll tell you, the weather community, I mean, we're excited about 5G. I mean, it, it's going it, to... It has its, its gonna, advantages. It, it, has its, it right. definitely has its advantages. Um, I do feel like there is a nonchalant attitude against mm. the, this concern. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and as you know, we're both meteorologists, we can obviously see the, yeah. the, the real issue at hand here. And... When you're dealing with the potential that 5G has to offer, you, it, when you're, from a business standpoint, you're not going to let anyone stand in your way. So no. I do think that the weather community is going to you know, be standing up next to a, a pretty big beast here Yeah, in, in the next few years. Right, and that's why folks like Noah have to you know, bang that drum. Right. Um, when I saw it. Did I see this in your report, or did I just run across it? Uh, when he made that – was that in front of Congress? It was I that was a House Appropriations Committee. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So he was, bas- yes. yeah, he was yeah, basically okay. testifying. He was, ta- I right. believe, talking about the budget somewhere in there. And that's good. It wasn't yeah. just a press release that nobody reads. Correct. Yeah, it was. He was actually in front of in front of lawmakers. Right. Which is good. Yeah. You know, getting this message out there. You know, and and, and you know, you, you could listen to what Neil Jacobs said, and so that's that sounds crazy. We would never allow ourselves to be set back thirty years. But I, I mean, you don't when people realize what they're capable of getting, mm-hmm. you know, and it was some, with some people and some companies, they'll let nothing stand in their way to get to that yeah. point. So you, you, 
and we haven't we have never lived in a 5g world so yeah so it's hard to say exactly how people are are going to act and, until they're in the situation the problem is once you give people 5g technology you're not going to be able to take it away yeah well that's true you're not going to be able to take no. it away like you know go tell all these people oh, you can't no no more using your phones you know yeah. you, you can't set a precedent and give people a capability and then they say they can't have that capability anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it's human nature. And, you know, we were it talking is. about, you know, how much faster can a phone really be? The thing is, is that, you know, 5G is latest, greatest. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to want it. Like, okay, every there's, there's I shouldn't say everybody, but uh, there's a, a large s- sector of people out there that whether, no matter what their wireless current contract states, the second a new iPhone comes out, they get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know people that go out and uh, like out of pocket, will spend seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars because they've got to have the latest iPhone. Right. And they're not willing to wait until, you know, they're eligible for an upgrade, that sure. type of thing. So to your point, you start saying, hey, we're gonna take back five G, I mean that's just not gonna fly. Right. You know? Well, you know, and, and and I think to really put this into perspective, you know, we're talking obviously about the faster data. We're talking about, you know, more data at a cheaper cost. Mm-hmm. But one of the big things that I think everybody's going to be excited about, uh, you know, not everyone really knows virtual or augmented reality, but right. those are the things that could become uh, very popular, you yeah. know, especially in the video gaming world. Yeah. You, you'll be able to, instead of, you know, the interface, you know, back, you know, Nintendo playing Super Mario, you'd, right. you know, you'd, <laughs> yeah. you'd play those 2D side scroll video yeah. games that we all remember. Yeah. Um, and you never played Pong, but anyway, that's Pong. Yeah. No, I, 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 wait, was that Atari? <laughs> no, before Atari, we're talking like late. Wait, 70s. like beer pong? <laughs> I played that. <laughs> but uh, imagine instead of that two D side scroll of Mario mm-hmm. beating Bowser, imagine if that interface became your house, your yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. You're wearing goggles. Yeah. That's virtual reality. You're sure. wearing you're wearing these, these these goggles and you're walking around the the interface, the world that you're playing in is your own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they superimpose the uh, the game, the characters sure. over the goggles as you're right. staring through them, virtual yeah. reality or augmented reality. Yeah. So, that could be a a whole new avenue of gaming. Yeah. Yeah, you well, know? we saw how huge Pokemon Go was. I mean, imagine that, that was, in virtual right. reality. Like, literally, that was a taste of it, but it right. could be Right, you even, still see it on your screen, yeah, but then right. you're gonna, the next thing you're going to see is you're going to see your it's world. It's going to be there. Your yeah, world right. is going to become the, that. Reach out and touch it, yeah. And, and 5G, theoretically, would be able to yeah. give us the ability to do that. To, to do that now is incredibly expensive, yeah. but 5G would... Yeah, well, it's a it's a great topic. You did a, yeah. a really good job, I think, of shedding some light on this. I think a lot of people, when they saw, you know, the promos that we were running in advance of it, were like, "Why five G going to interfere with?" And I, I, it was a great report. Kudos to you Thank for you. doing such a nice job, and it got uh, really good response. And I think a lot of people now, not only with your report, but of course, hopefully, with this podcast, are are kind of educated on the topic. And it's just something we're gonna have to yeah. watch down the road. And it's still up on the website, so you can you can check it out there. Just so CBS twenty one five G dilemmas is what we called it. Steve Steve actually started it. Um, I, I, made and, a, I made a very quick cameo, yeah. yes. It was a very, it, I, to me, that was one of the most important parts of the story. Okay. Because, you know, it just made it all, it turned all the technical stuff and made it 
really easy to understand. Now, do you think I should be dusting off my shelf for the Emmy Award or the Academy well, Award? Well, you know, I wasn't going to tell you this. Well, I, I won't say anything Because it, it was a fine piece of acting. Yeah, it was. It was. And you were reading a How Weather Works book. You were catching yes, up on your meteorology. It was, it was, it was basically like a, a weather book that would be appropriate for about a fourth yeah. grader. Yeah. yeah. You, were the, you were the protagonist, and, yes. and Tyler, our producer, Tyler, our producer. Was, was the antagonist. Yeah. So it was a nice little Yeah. Nice All right, well, segment. check out the story uh, if you haven't already check it out online uh but on that note it's fascinating it's something we're going to uh, keep uh, an eye on here definitely more story material with that so yeah all right well on that note we're going to wrap up this week's edition of it's rainy mets i'm meteorologist steve knight and i'm meteorologist ed russo thanks for listening yeah thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of it's raining mets